0: The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, November 29th, 2021.
1: The woman in your life who will do what she must do to comfort you and calm you down and let you rest now. The woman in your life she can rest so easily. She knows everything you do because the woman
0: in your life is you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holt, and I'm your po- host. With me at the board is my friend, my partner, my engineer, and co producer, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. What a beautiful day it is here in Sonoma County. I have a special guest with me this morning uh, joining me in the studio. It's so wonderful to see live people. It feels like there's some level of normalcy. Uh, will be Copperwoman, Woman, who is a musician, a songwriter, and Copper Woman has been singing and making up melodic, uh, melodic r- rhythms as long as she can remember. She brings people together to sing uh, in gatherings called Circle Song, and we will be talking about that. Presently, she is facing eviction from her tiny home and part of the campaign to stop government evictions in Sonoma County, and we're going to talk about that a little bit extensively. Actually, I'm I'm really concerned about what is happening with Permit Sonoma, and it's going to be really, really interesting to hear from somebody who is actually involved in the process with them. And this is the last show of the month. You know, the last Monday of the month, so we will be doing the Women's Spaces Pledge. And I want to do a shout-out and a congratulations. You know, last week we had Vice Mayor Jackie Elrod on, and I found out that now she has been voted the mayor of uh, the city council for Santa Rosa, and that is definitely historic. Oh, Rona Park. I am so sorry. So Jackie Elrod is now the mayor of Roner Park City Council, and I'm really, really happy to announce that. She is really a driving force in our community, and I know having a person like her in charge, is going to make a big difference in their city. So congratulations, Jackie, and thank you once again for being such a great guest on Women's Spaces. Well, as I've been doing this whole month, you know, I do this segment, uh, Our History is Our Strength, and I thought in doing something a little bit different this month, and I've been doing it all month, and that is to give us some history about what we gained from 1970 as women and it's amazing when you look at the history and you see what has gone on and some of the some of the gains that we have made and we're still struggling to hold them on and you know basic rights for women did not happen really until after the 1970s i mean i remember when i was uh, first uh, enrolled at sonoma state university and i found out there was quote a women's studies program what did that mean was that we're going to study women you know it was it was a big question and i decided to take a class you know i had read uh, some of the books that were out i had read uh, betty fernand's book and it really had a, a major major impression on me but i had no idea what a women's studies program would mean until I walked into my first class and recognized that I had been walking around for years and years and years without any rights and the importance of the right to choose and the buzz about if we're not careful how that's going to be taken away from us. And here we are in 2021, and we're still struggling. But I think many of us, particularly women out there, they take things for granted, you know, we have credit cards, we can, we can become lawyers, we can, you know, we have a vice president who's a woman. Before 1970, none of that was possible. In fact, one, if one or two women actually got into a law school or, or could become a physician, you know, it, they were very lucky. We were really put in the corner, you know, we could be a school teacher, you know, we could be a secretary, you know, we could be a waitress. But there were not many, many things that are opportunities open to us. And oftentimes we take things for granted. And if we're not careful... We're going to lose those rights. In fact, there's something very important. You know, there's the Women's March, and they called for another march this uh on December 1st, which I think is very, very important. And it's going to be a national uh, march all the way across the country. A lot of people are going to be having meetings. Here in Sonoma County, it's been a little bit difficult to get folks together, but I'm happy to say that on December 1st, that's on a Wednesday. Actually, that's this Wednesday. Can you believe this Wednesday? It's going to be December 1st. Where did Jan- Where did November go? Oh, well, we did have Thanksgiving. Oh, I got to tell you about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving this year was just absolutely wonderful. I mean, as I've announced several times, I have a new great-granddaughter by the name of Kaya beautiful little baby. It was just, you know, just looking at her and just holding her, you know, it gave me new energy for what we're doing around here on Women's spaces and what we do on all the community radio stations across the globe, you know, trying to do interviews, trying to talk about what is really happening. So on Wednesday, December 1st, hundreds of activists, uh, activists will encircle the Supreme Court in Washington, D.C. to support abortion justice organized by the Women's March very important very important right now our ability to choose is at risk and I have said this over and over and over again I am not for abortion I am not against abortion it's none of my business to be honest with you whether you have an abortion or you don't have an abortion that's not that's not my concern it's your concern what this is all about is choice And so on December 1st, the reason they are going to be gathering at the Supreme Court is because they're going to be making a very important decision. That's the day the court will begin hearing arguments for Dobbs versus Jackson, women's health organization. Their decision will set a a critical precedent for the future of abortion access throughout the country. And you know what I find so interesting You know, with all these laws in Texas and some of the suppression that's going on across the United States, that how many women are migrating or coming into states to have abortions that still have it legal? And California is one of them. It is so important that we have choice. It is so important. There's nothing worse in the world than to bring an unwanted child in or a child from rape or something. I mean, and then also what I found out through looking at our history, they were even fighting the, the day after pill. Like women could actually go and take a pill and if anything happened the night before when they were having a sexual relationship that there would be no pregnancy. They're even fighting that. I don't understand that. And they're under religious – their mot- their motivation is li- uh, around live, uh, religion saying thou shall not kill. Well, if thou shall not kill, let's start killing – let's stop killing young women, uh, men and women in the streets and let's start killing people during wars. I mean it's, it's really – you know, it's kind of confusing to me. Well – Here in Sonoma County, what's going to be happening is uh, the National Organization for Women, the Sonoma County chapter, has arranged to go to Sebastopol, and they're going to stand on the corner of Main Street, and we are going to be protesting along with the uh, protesters, or actually, I don't like to call them protesters. What they're speaking out is for themselves. They're standing up for their right to choose. They're standing up for their right to have access over their own body. I mean, it's just amazing. And the, one of the things that I notice the most—I mean, one of the things that really, really drives me sometimes—is the fact that every time some of these bills are signed, it's always a bunch of—it's always a bunch of men clustered around. Maybe one woman is in there, but very, very rarely. It's usually all these men. And I'm thinking to myself, why are they deciding for me? You know, why are they deciding for me? You know, I'm a great grandmother. You know, in the Native American culture, you know, I might be put on the uh, on the on the committee to make sure that we have the right leadership. You know, during the Iroquois, that's what they did with great grandmothers. They were part of the committee that chose the chiefs, that chose the leaders. You know, now they don't ask me anything. (laughs) You know, they just decide for themselves that hey, this is the way we're going to go. I mean, it it, it's it's very complex to me. So I hope to see folks. I hope to see folks in Sebastopol. That's going to be December first, and it's going to be start at twelve noon. We'll be there for about uh, about an hour. It's a tradition in uh, Sebastopol. They have a group called Women in Black, and they stand every Friday. And this, they're just extending their standing and inviting people. to join them. So that's going to be, uh, oh, here we go. Some of us will be standing at the corners of Highway 12 and 116 in downtown Sebastopol from 12 noon to 1 p.m. on December 1st, holding signs in a peaceful vigil. Please come if you can. Spread the word within your contacts that if they are safe. We are also encourage you to do this in your own neighborhoods if you feel safe doing it. Bring your own signs, a mask, and weather protection but it looks like it's going to be some beautiful beautiful uh, weather. Well, let me let me go through these f- a few things here that happen like I always say our history or actually our her story is our strength. And I thought like I said I'm doing something different. I'm letting people know some of the steps and some of the movement that we have done as women over the past oh my god. Five six decades. It's amazing what we have accomplished. Well, let's let's just explore this together. First of all, ladies could not easily practice law. In other words, there was after before 1970, you could, women very rarely could even get into law school. But then, after within the period of time before 1970, even those women who had law degrees. I mean, if you look at Roe. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's um, biography, which is on, I believe, is that Hulu or Netflix that it's on? I can't remember. If you listen to her biography, you'll see she was one, there was only two women in the class when she was studying law, and it was a big deal for her to even graduate. And when she went to try to find a job in a law firm, she felt like every door was slammed. In front of her until finally she was accepted. But it wasn't until 1970 that all of a sudden, with affirmative action, all of a sudden these areas uh, you know, they opened up for women. And it's amazing. It's amazing that it finally happened. And I, I oftentimes wonder, you know, when I think about the oppression of women, we're watching a we're watching a, a, a series called Marco Polo, on uh, on. Uh, Television, and it's so interesting to me to watch the level of women. You know that that women are so they're they're secondary. You know they're really secondary citizens. They have no say so at all. One person, one woman has say so, and that's the queen, which gives you that idea. In order for me to have a voice, I have to be a queen. No, no, and that's the beauty. Of what happened once women got the right to choose and also we had women's studies and all of a sudden we began to work hard and began to change the laws so it's really interesting when you start looking at it because like I said at the beginning we take things for granted and it's very important that we don't take them for granted because as you can see constantly very threatened very tenuous. Are we going to be able to hold on to that? Well, I, as I mentioned at the beginning, women couldn't receive the morning after pill. I mean, I do not understand that for the life of me. It's just amazing. You can't protect yourself. You know, I mean, to me, to me, it's mind boggling. Let me read this. Another thing. Another thing that women struggled was receiving the after the morning pill. And before 1970, there was no access to it. So we finally got it. But also we struggled to get birth control pills. And I remember personally, I remember personally when I wanted to get birth control pills, I was about, uh, let's see, my daughter was about two years old. So I was about 26 at the time. My doctor had me bring my first husband in and signed a document that he agreed that I could have birth control it was the most embarrassing moment in my life and I'll tell you something I was very angry I walked out of there thinking who do these men think they are that they have so much control over me and that was in 1966 when my daughter was two years old so we've come a long way ladies We really have come a long way. And then the last thing I want to mention, and I live, I live in Indian Village. I live in a mixed, I lived in a mixed area. You know, we have have every nationality in that area that you can imagine. And right across the street from me is uh, my dear friend, Nancy Rogers, who happens to be an African-American woman. And I'm very familiar with her, and I'm very, very familiar with her family and her friends. And I am amazing the integration that's happening. All these mixed children, these mixed marriages. And before 1970 you are not allowed to marry someone of a different color. As a woman, you could not make that choice. If you fell in love with an African-American man, you could not marry him. And that to me, I think to myself, for heaven's sake, let me read this, this is so interesting. One of the most famous cases of interracial marriage is the Loving versus Virginia case. This hearing made it to the United States Supreme Court, which declared states that didn't allow couples to marry on the base of color. It was unconstitutional and violated the equal protection and due process causes of the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Mildred Loving and her husband Richard brought forth the case with their arrest and prison sentence for marriage. Can you imagine you were arrested, put in prison if you were going to marry a person of color? I mean, talk about your your rights. Thank God that we do have a Supreme Court that every once in a while makes a good decision. Anyway, so the Supreme Court forced states to allow interracial in – oops, excuse me, I made a mistake. This was in 1967, so this was really progressive – You know, because they were not allowed to do this at all and helped increase interracial marriage during the 1970s. So once it was opened up and once people were free to do what they're going to do, you know, love has no boundaries. You know, love really has no boundaries. It's really amazing. You know, when that when that Cupid's arrow goes through you, you know, you're not looking at color of skin. You're not looking at anything but that person and the love and the caring and the sharing that you can do together. So that's a lot to think about. You know, there really is a lot to think about. But that's what Women's Spaces is all about. It's about thinking. It's about stepping forward. It's about stepping up. And it's very, very important. So now we're going to take, we're going to do our pledge I, I love this. I love the last Monday of the month. I love doing the pledge. You know, oftentimes people laugh at me. You know, I even I, when I spoke at the, uh, at the Women's March uh, last month, one of the things that I said is, you know, it sounds a little hokey. I know that. But think about what you're saying because most of us are fearful to speak up. Most of us are afraid to say what's really in our heart. Most of us are afraid to go to protests. Most of us are afraid to write letters to the editor. But when you enhance your self-esteem and you know that you are a person of value and that you have something to share, it makes all the difference in the world. So that's what this little pledge is all about. Just to give you that idea, that thought about self-esteem. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to say one line. I have i have a copper woman in the, in the studio here, if you would join me. And also, Ken, you'll join me. Okay, here we go. The Women's Spaces Pledge. So I'm going to say one line, and then you just repeat after me. Okay, you ready, Ken? One, two, three. My self esteem
2: does not depend. Wait, wait,
0: no, no. I got to say one sentence, and then you repeat okay. after me. <laughs> Let's go. One, two, three. My self esteem. My self esteem. Does not depend. Does not depend, depend on, anything on anything. On anything outside. Outside, outside of me of my me. My self-esteem, my self-esteem depends, depends on my relationship on my relationship with myself with myself and my higher power and my higher power. Just take that in a little bit. Just think about this. My self-esteem does not depend on anything outside of me. My self-esteem depends on my relationship with myself and my higher power. You know, we all have a different feeling about higher power. Lately, I've been saying the parking ferry is my higher power. Whoever you believe, you believe in Jesus, Mohammed, no matter what you believe in, the a tree in your backyard. My higher power is something is outside of you, something is beyond what you are, something is just there that gives you that feeling, that sense of humanity and belonging, part of the universe. I mean, it's an amazing feeling when you start thinking about it. So let's let's say it together now. We'll just say it together really quickly, and then we're going to take a little musical break. So one, two, three. My, my self-esteem, self-esteem does, does not depend, depend, on depend on anything outside of me. me. My, my self-esteem, self-esteem depends on my 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 relationship with myself and my My higher power. Oh, that is so wonderful. I see Copper Woman is smiling, (laughs) brought a smile to her face, and so is Ken, because it lifts your energy when you say that. My self-esteem doesn't depend on what you think of me. It depends on what I think of myself. That's the most important thing. Loving yourself allows you to love other people. Loving yourself allows you to move forward and not be so fearful. So I'm going to say it one more time and just just take it in. My self-esteem does not depend on anything outside of me. My self-esteem depends on my relationship with myself and my higher power. Mm, I love that. And, you know, I want to encourage my listeners, drop me a note, Elaine, E-L-A-I-N-E, at womenspaces.com. Let me know what you think about the pledge. And maybe you'd like a copy of the pledge. If you request one, I'd be happy to mail it to you. And also to let you know that the pledge is on our website, www.womenspaces.com. Okay, we're going to take a musical break, and the song I play, I'm going to play, I've played this before, i played it under uh, different circumstances, and it's called The House I Live In, and it's sung by Maxine Lineham, and there's an amazing history behind this song, originally it was on a film by Frank Sinatra, and it was done in in the 1945 at the end of World War II. And what happened was, because of what happened in Germany, lots of Jews were coming into the United States that were in concentration camps that had family and relations here in the United States. And this particular song and the way they presented it was to stop anti-Semitism. Well, now when you look at it, it really... Talks about what is America and what does America mean to us? And this is where we have to come back to. We have to come back to this ideology. You know, if, all of a sudden we have this, this whole ideology like, oh, you gotta get what you, you know, what you can and everyone's gonna be independent. You know, you're gonna be an entrepreneur and have your own business. And you know, but folks, we all need each other no matter what we're doing. But this song to me reminds me of what it really is, from my own immigration background to what my grandmother, when they came over to this country, what they saw the vision of America was. So pay attention to these words. Pay attention. Take them into your heart and recognize this is what we stand for. And then when we come back... I'm going to have the opportunity to do a wonderful interview with Copper Woman who is a singer and songwriter and a songwriter and also a singer and also is very very much involved right now in a very controversial issue around specific permitting in order for you to stay in a home. I mean it's very very interesting what's going on. So let's go ahead Ken let's play the House I Live In sung by Maxine Lunham.
1: America to me? A name, a map, a flag I see A certain word, democracy What is America to me? The house I live in of earth, a street, the grocer and the butcher, and the people that I meet, the children in the playground, the faces that I see, all races and religions. That's America to me. The place I work in, the worker by my side, the little town or city where my people lived and died, the howdy and the handshake, the air of being free, and the right to speak my mind out, that's America to me. I see about me The big thing The town I live in, the street.
0: I swear, I'm such a cow, such a crybaby. I'm sitting here, all of a sudden, I can see my grandmother Rose going to the polls the first time she voted. She had these black shoes, and she went inside the booth, and I could see her black shoes, and she comes out, and I says, Grandma, why are you so excited about voting? And she looked at me, she says, Only in America. The police cannot come and break your door down. Well, you know, things have changed, folks. But this was the immigrant dream when they came from these oppressive countries. Well, for you just listening, uh, I want to remind my listeners that the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of the station, the board of directors, our members, or women's spaces. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And without further ado, I want to introduce my guests. I'm so excited joining me in the studio. God, I can't even read my script. I started to cry from that song. <laughs> Sitting with me in the studio is Copper Woman. Well, welcome, Copper Woman. Welcome
2: to Women's Spaces. Thank you. I'm really um, grateful for the invitation. Oh, Glad yes. To be here.
0: I'm grateful to have you. And, and just to let my folks know that at some point in the show that you're going to do a live song and I'm really excited about that. She brought guitar in and anything. Yeah, yeah. So is it okay if I tell our listeners just a little bit about you? Sure, yeah. Well, Copper Woman has been singing and making up melodic rhythms as long as she can remember. She brings people together to sing gatherings called Circle Song from Santa Cruz to Arcata to Mount Shasta and has been an integral part of the ritual backbone at the Women's Herbal Symposium in Laytonville. She has several CDs, Original. of uh, I'm telling you, I, I'm. I start crying in that song, and I just lost my vision <laughs> in my eyes. Here, she has several DBs of original singable uh, tunes, including CD called "Gratitude," a song she wrote during her healing journey with cancer. She believes music is healing. One of her mo- one of her motivations, uh, one of her mantras is: "Open your heart, let your voice come through." What a beautiful, open your heart and let your voice come through. She is a mother of two grown children and a grandmother to her daughter's two beautiful children. Well, I know that one. You know, I just became a great-grandmother, so it's really it's really amazing. Well, you know, before we begin, Copper Woman, you said that we were doing the pledge, but you said you had a little pledge that you do a chant.
2: Why don't you share that with us? <clears throat> okay, it reminded me of that when you were doing your thing, and um, this is a little song recently that came to me when I was in the forest behind my house, and it goes, Know who you are, love who you are, let your spirit come through as a true you. Know who you are, love who you are. Let your spirit come through as a true you. Let your spirit come through as a true you. Live from your heart, let it be your art. Let your spirit come through as a true you. Live from your heart, let it be your art. Let your spirit come through as a true you. Let your spirit come through as a true you. Let your spirit come through as a true you.
0: Oh, my God, I want to steal it. (laughs) That is wonderful. I mean, Ken and I are just sitting in here clapping. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, I know, it's catchy, catchy little tune. It too. is. It's wonderful. And, I mean, we should, you know, it's, it's interesting because I, I interviewed a woman by the name of Sandy Rapp. And I met, I actually, I didn't meet her. I was at the protest in 2004 in Washington, D.C. when they had the huge, oh, huge wow. protest. Okay. And they were singing something similar. I mean, I just love that. I'd love to have a little recording, maybe playing a Thank little you. bit. Thank you. Yeah. No, yeah. that is wonderful. Well, yeah. let's, let's begin by talking about comedy. Woman, you know, let who is she? How did you come about this? You know, this name,
2: and what you feel your mission is. Okay, so um, let's see. When I was pregnant with my son, my son is 37 years old. Um, My midwife gave me a book called The Daughters of Copper Woman, and it's a a creation story um, of the matriarchy that took place in Canada. And I started to make copper jewelry, and I was looking for a name for my business, and I went, oh, Copper Woman, could I be so bold as to use your name? And I heard this, yes, we think you're up for it. And and then over time, I just grew into using that name. I would um, I started doing ritual gatherings with women, the women of the Fourteenth Moon, we would call it. And um, so sometimes we would use our ritual name, and I started calling myself Copper Woman at those gatherings. And then other people called me that, and I go, "Well, oh, that feels good." And for a while, I was kind of that name and my my given name. And then um, when I went through that journey of cancer, it was Copper Woman who. Who rose up out of it after i did a year of healing energy work couldn't get rid of the tumors went and did western medicine had chemo and radiation but um copper woman was the one who came out the other side like your spiritual like your the the spiritual side the, the strong strength inner strength yeah of yeah my true self my, my the true you <laughs> well
0: in in your journey of music, you know what what what, what style did you adopt, and what do you think? What do you think it was important for you to to travel on this road?
2: Well, um, when I was in my twenties, I was listening to Joni Mitchell, and I, so I sang along with her albums a lot, and um, and Simon and Garfunkel really inspired me. I when I was learning the guitar, I had the book and I had the the um, album that I would play, and. So I, um, I have a folk background, folk music background, and I always just loved singing, and I was in choirs in school, and so I just, I, I went, oh, this is, I was born to sing, and I, and I was born to sing with other people. So, let's see, um, I, the first thing I did was I was working in a preschool, and I wrote about Fifty children's songs in two years. Oh, I wow. have I have two CDs of children's music, and then when I started going to those rituals singing <clears throat> ritual gatherings and singing with with women then the ritual songs started to come out. So after that I made several albums of those ritual songs and I realized that I really had a calling to bring people together to sing and that's Circle Song.
0: Yeah, well that's what I, the next question I was going to ask you because yeah. I went on your website and I was, and a lot of the stuff that I was reading, really fascinating. I mean, it's... it's uh, I, I personally have a lot of respect for women who do what you did, like take that name Copper Woman, you know, <laughs> and the process you go through, asking your higher self, is that okay? Right. You yeah. know, and I think sometimes we're all this to that. I feel there's a voice that's coming through or an attitude or an idea that's coming through across the planet because many, many people are coming to those realizations. Yeah, I took it seriously
2: to use that name, for yeah. sure. oh, and,
0: it's beautiful. I mean, I love it. So, it, on your website, I found that interesting program that you offer the community. It's called Circle Song, and you know, I'm real. I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with June uh, Jean Shinoda Boland's work. You know, on the you know the circles and yeah. the women getting together. So, talk yeah. about what was your motivation for doing this, and what is that about, and and where do you where do you where does this happen? Does it happen in Sonoma County? Do you travel?
2: Well, I I started doing Circle Song when I was living in Santa Cruz, and I, and I think it just It just came from my love of singing, and then at the same time, all of these simple songs coming through me, these chants, that were really easy to learn. So I I experienced when I would be singing in a group of people that they could learn the songs really fast, and we would be singing together right away, and the feeling of unity and prayer and the uplifting of vibration that happened in those circles – was really powerful. So it was something that fed itself over time. And then uh, I moved to Garberville from there, and I was doing Circle Song in Garberville, and I had a friend in Arcata, so I had done it up there. Um, As you mentioned in the bio, I did a lot of singing at the Women's Herbal Symposium. You know, I've been going to that since, um, since 2000, so there was a lot of times to sing together with people there, and yeah I just I just feel and see what happens when like that that song the true you I just sang that with my friends and thanksgiving and and just the energy that we felt together singing that song definitely I felt know. the
0: energy just listening to it yeah you know, just, it gives you you know because that whole idea of self-esteem it has to come from within right it has to come from you well. The reason that I brought you in, I just wanted my listeners to hear a little bit about you because I was just mesmerized reading your bio and seeing some of the things that you've done and some of the things you've accomplished, and also your overcoming of cancer the way you did really was, I mean, amazing to me. (laughs) So we're going to talk about your your little home in in West County and... then we're going to do a song that you. I think this song that you wrote it says everyone needs a home. I think that that's, that's a very right. important thing. So give us a, a real quick idea of what what your little house is like before we go into the
2: into the conflict and the song. Okay. Well, um, oh gosh, for a couple of years I had I, I put up a notice. You know, I'm looking for a pl- I'm looking for a tiny home, and um, I was I was in Peru when COVID started, and I I ended up getting stuck there for like six months, but I was always watching the housing board. Where's my tiny home? Where's my tiny home? And I, I I, got back at the end of July, and in August, I found my tiny home on the Sonoma County Housing Board on Facebook. And I went up to look at it, and I said, well, this could work. This is really beautiful, but I would need a place to put it. And they said, well, let me talk to some people around here. And I met the landlords the next day, and I ended up being able to leave my tiny home right there. And it's just, it's my own space. Base, which is really important to me. I've lived with other people over time, and I, I'm 70 now. I'm ready to have my own house. So so the tiny home makes that possible. I have a loft. I have 13 windows in my tiny home. Uh, I have a composting toilet, which you'll learn is the problem right now. Um, I have a desk. I have Internet. I have electric water you know all the utilities. You have a home, and I, and I live on four acres with a forest in the backyard. A backyard. It's really close to Occidental, so it's just it's a beautiful, wonderful place.
0: Well, it is, and we there are pictures on your website, and we'll talk a little bit about that as we go to the next thing. So let's let's take our musical break, okay? And I'm really excited to hear you sing this song. Now, this song was this song specifically written because of what was happening to you, or is this something you had before?
2: Well, it, when when uh, when we got red tagged. Okay, I'll give a little preview here. Um, We had this friend, Jonathan Greenberg, and he said, "Um, let's try and do something about it. Let's try and make change. And would you be the poster girl, poster grandma, poster child, poster grandma? So I said, okay, yeah, I'll do that. And he goes, well, will you write a song? For the movement, actually, he said, "Would you, you know?" Uh, so, this- so,
0: so, permit Sonoma had come in at that time. right? They did, yeah. So they, they had did. come in and they said that you could not be there because of the uh, it, 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 something about the
2: water. What, what, it, what, what, I, well, what, it, okay. So I drove home one day. I saw this pink slip on the pump house. I took it down. It said, "You know, occupied tiny home and trailer." There's another trailer on the land, and um, they, it, basically, it's not permitted, and that's why it's illegal to be occupying it. And okay. and then let me sing the song and then we'll t- okay, talk ahead. some more about that. Okay,
0: so we're we are taking a musical break
2: and I am interviewing a delightful woman
0: by the name of Copper Woman and she's going to sing the song Everybody Needs a Home. And this grew out of one of the situations, one of the challenges that she's facing right now with her own tiny home. So are you ready? I think so. We're just going to sit. You know, folks, we're live here. So if you hear a little buzz or a little something, that's it. Here we go.
3: Please don't take my home away from me. I'm happy and I'm healthy and I'm 70. Home is where my heart is feeling free in my time home in community I've spent plenty of time without a home and now I've landed a safe one of my own Permit Sonoma has red tagged me Why is my own government evicting me street. Just the other day, I saw a homeless village. Along the way, will I be homeless and join them there? I'm asking you to show that you care. Eviction paradigm, uprooting low income people just like me in the name of health and safety. Please don't take my home away from me, it's time for action. Do you see? You. Don't need a home. Please let me stay in my home.
0: Oh, that's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that is that's beyond the pale for me. I mean I remember when you said to me that you were gonna sing the song, I mean I thought it would be a little you know, a little chorus here. I never thought it would be such brilliant lyrics and and really put your put your song right where the problem is. My right. Goodness, and thank you so yeah, much. Yeah,
2: and Jonathan and <clears throat> Andy and Bob Culbertson are the people that on the property where I live and Andy, she and Jonathan both helped me with the lyrics of the song. We kind of went back and forth and round and round and and fine tuned it. To well, let
0: me let me let me clarify that we're listening. Welcome back. We just had a musical break. This was the live performance from Copper from Copper Woman. I mean, I I, I just have to say, brilliant. I mean, I'm a writer myself, so I know if you come up with brilliant <laughs> lyrics like that. It's just amazing. Plus the tune. And we are talking about uh, her little home, her small home in West County that she's having some <laughs> issues with. So Copper Woman, welcome back here, and I really appreciate you. you being here. And I totally appreciated that song, and I hope everybody else did. Give us a, you know, drop me a line at elaine at womenspaces.com Let me know what you think, and please get involved. Help. This woman is, is asking for help, and we need to help her. We need to support the effort that she's making. And if there's anybody out there that knows for, for Mid-Sonoma County, if they know of anybody, any woman particularly that would like to come on the air and talk about it, all they have to do is just email me at elaine at womenspaces.com. You know, I think this is an important issue, and I'd like to hear their song but i think it's very important that we're talking about this now so talk
2: about what happened and what 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 is the dilemma right now okay so i mentioned a little bit before we we were red tagged and so basically permit sonoma gave us 30 days to come into compliance and in order to be to even begin to get a permit i would need to either be hooked up to septic or sewer so composting toilets are not allowed in our county um, they are allowed in several other states like Washington and Colorado and even other places in California. but uh, here in in Sonoma, they are not allowed so um what's the danger what what is the reason they say they're uh, not allowed they're they're saying that uh, it's it, like it can go into the groundwater or I mean like if you don't compel, co- compost it cor- correctly, then there's like, I don't know. They're afraid of shit, really. Oop. <laughs> it, just, I guess, the, the bacteria from it, from not treating it properly. Or they're afraid people are going to get sick. And, and we've, we've said, well, there was someone somewhere, some vague thing where somebody got sick, but we never really found out any details about that. So, yeah, it's, it's health concerns. But, I do believe, like I created a compost bin that's all lined with gopher wire. It has a lid with gopher wire, so no no animals or rodents or or even flies can get in there, and the compost in the compost toilet is it's mixed with sawdust, and um there's no smell in the house. There's no smell in the compost pile it's it just is encased and it breaks down. it breaks down in the earth, or? yeah, in the earth, yeah. So how does that affect what they're? It
0: sounds like they're worried about it going into the water. Yeah,
2: I think the into the groundwater. Yeah. So
0: what? What do they have proof of that, or what? What? What is their logic to you?
2: There's not a lot of logic and substantiation. Basically, they just point to the laws. This is this is the only thing that's okay: septic tank or sewer. They and I guess Oaec has had a pilot program. It's been going on for years and years and years. And they're waiting for them to prove something with these samples, but even there, it's, it's, it's a big public organization, and they have some kind of machines or something that they're using, but they haven't even been allowed to m- make it legal. It's a, Well, it's a pilot program, so somehow... Um, so these composting toilets have been used in other areas, and they
0: have been successful.
2: well, they've I know they've been used in other states, and I've heard that they've been used in other counties too, in california and and the success rate um, just that they've been legalized, oh, I see, but yeah,
0: well, it sounds like it sounds like they're saying, That you have to be attached to either the septic tank or or the water of the city, right? Right. Or the sewer. The sewer of the the city. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, what does that is that going to be anybody that moves? In other words, they can't have
2: any kind of trailers or anything at all on their land. Well, and let me let me throw this in too: is that there's only a few reasons where you can have a trailer or a tiny home, and one is if. You're a caregiver for someone who lives on the property or if you're receiving caregiving or if you're a farm worker or under certain circumstances if your house has burned down and you need a temporary place while you're rebuilding your house. So what it means is that um, just, the, just a regular person out there with a trailer can't even get permitted legally to, to live on property. You have to have one of those reasons, and I have a letter from a doctor saying I need caregiving. Being an elder, um, it's super important for me to be living in this community that I'm living in right now. It totally affects my health, and um, so I have that piece covered, but not the septic or sewer.
0: But how, if since the county is coming up with this idea that this will harm you know, the septic tank is not safe for the waters or whatever their logic is. Yeah. Do they have any provisions to help? I mean, here we have, we've gotten several million dollars into the county. Isn't there a way where, if that's the way that you have to live and, and you have a substantial
2: place, they cannot help you with that? Well, you know, um, this is where Jonathan Greenberg comes in. He's been doing all, he's an investigative journalist. He has a website, sonomaindependent.org. And he has gotten all kinds of facts and figures from Permit Sonoma um, about these evictions, and he also has a lot of statistics about all of the money that they're spending to build these big, big houses that will house just a few homeless people at a big expense per month. So I think I think that's kind of that's things that Jonathan is working on. You know, it's like. Why are you spending all this money for just a few people when you could spend money to help more people find places to live?
0: But also, also, it sounds to me like, I mean, of course, I'm not I'm not part of the county. I'm not making the regulations. So, I mean, this is just my opinion. Yeah. And like we say, the opinions here are not necessarily the opinions of the station, but this is just my opinion. It seems to me that when you have issues like this, and because we have a homeless situation, and because it costs so much money to build even a small house on, on land – why, when you have an established uh, established place already, and they're concerned about this, why there are not means that can help you come up to regulations the way they want or do something to support you or at least have a timeline where they can do more research to see if those composting toilets really work because if they do, it would affect hundreds of people right. being able to go on the land. I mean, rather right. than car saying saying get out without, you know, collectively and cooperatively working together well that's that's
2: the frustrating thing about it that's you know that's where we're just going like my way or the highway none (laughs) of this makes any sense at all you know and we actually went in front of the board of supervisors meeting one day just in the uh, public comment section and kind of introduced our thing to them we've had a zoom meeting with linda hopkins and she's she's very supportive of what we're doing she said it it's synchronistic it's time you know uh, you're not the first ones that have come to us but i think to pass something through the board of supervisors jonathan's talking about like a moratorium on tiny home evictions or like these kind of housing uh, evictions but you have to get a lot of those supervisors to vote to do something like oh, that i know i know and <laughs> and and that is a challenge that we're facing You know, to make change. We're trying to get the Board of Supervisors to help us.
0: Well, it sounds, you know, it sounds like to me, I mean, I can't give, you know, I mean, you know, I have, I I hear the health issues. I hear all that. I mean, I'm sure you hear it, too. But at the same time, I don't understand why there's not cooperation, because I know we personally had somebody that we know personally that 11 people were shot off the land. Yeah. They said they know because they were whatever whatever inspections they did or whatever happened, rather than work with the people, they evicted them and, and it just went into a, a whole bunch of turmoil. It was really a pathetic situation. So I think I think that to me is the most important thing of working together.
2: Right. Right. <clears throat> yeah. I mean we um Andy and I went down to permit Sonoma, and we talked to Tyra um, before Thanksgiving, and she was able to lower the fines that we had that had been given to us because it was thirty-five dollars a day times to from thirty days after the red tank, and we were going to do a hearing, and that was going to cost from three to five thousand dollars. To be told that you know n- not not to be able to make any change for them to say, well, you weren't you know you didn't come up, you, you're not permitted, so you know so we avoided having to do that because we canceled the hearing and they did give us 60 more days to try and work something out but we're just going what do we work out to put a septic tank in it's cost prohibitive you know this is like we're talking low income housing this is for, this is alternatives this is so that people who don't have a lot of money to build fancy adus can have a place to live So
0: it's a, it's it's a, it's a big, it's a big issue in this county and all counties. I mean, homelessness, you know, the whole economics. I mean, we can go on and on. This is just another piece. Where do we live? And like you said in your song, everybody deserves a home. Everybody needs a home. I mean, we're we're cave dwellers. That's what we're really even living in a cave, if you want (laughs) to, if you want to put it that way. Well, we're coming to the end of our segment. It it goes by very, very quickly. And I want to make sure that we talk about this uh, benefit. This hold on a minute what my friend Oh, Ken was giving me the time. I love having Ken here. You know that Ken. I just love. It. He's our timekeeper and our engineer, and just, just I just want to praise you. That's all I can say. Well, you're going to be having a benefit to support housing rights, which I think is very, very interesting. And I think, you know, to me, there's no right and there's no wrong. There's community coming together, working things out, coming to where everybody has a place, everybody is satisfied, and right. it's important. Yeah. It's important that people show up. So it says here: it says, help us change the law that. Our government used to evict more than 100 low income renters from their safe, affordable trailers and tiny homes last year. Support your SAGE campaign to urge Sonoma County supervisors to allow people to live peacefully in their simple homes. And that's going to be, talk about where that's going to be, and you're going to be doing the circle song.
2: Right, yes. It's going to be on December 12th, so 12, 12, 21, and I will be leading some singing. Um, my landmates, Andy, um, Andy will be singing some songs and Bob Culbertson who's a professional uh, world rena- renowned musician actually plays the Chapman stick didgeridoo and handpan he will also be performing that day What's a handpan uh, Oh it's it's that round drum that has all these different parts that you can play melodically. You haven't seen a hand. No, that's a, no. Oh. I've seen it, so, but I know, and, yeah. and what's a cha- yeah. Chapman on oh, the, the Chapman. The Chapman stick is a is a really um, interesting instrument. It's like a guitar neck, and you play it with both hands like a piano, like your left hand and your right hand. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing to see him, and um, and so yeah, that'll be at one o'clock uh, at the Arlene Francis Center. That's 99 6th Street in Santa Rosa. And that's that's
0: kind of uh, really exciting that, you know, Arlene Francis is, is a little bit of normalcy. So that's going to be Sunday, December 12th.
2: That's right.
0: Of this year at 1 o'clock at the Arlene Francis Center at 99 6th Street in Santa Rosa. And I like the reason they call it SAGE, Stop All Government. Uh, Evictions and, and I do, by the way, have a call into Jonathan because I wanted to talk to him also uh-huh. to get, to get a little bit more yeah. about what his ideas and what he's doing. Well, we've come to the end of the segment, and I want to thank you, Copper Woman. Any last words? You have a website. Where would you like to turn people to? I was going to say,
2: yes, um, on my website, copperwoman.com. You can find all of my music. There'll I'll be posting the flyer for this event. And if you go to the sonomaindependent dot org, you can see the story and the link for the tiny home video where I sing most of this song and a petition to sign. We're gathering signatures to show the supervisors how much interest there is behind this. So yeah, SonomaIndependent.org dot org and Copperwoman.com. dot com.
0: Well, Copper Woman, I want to wish you much success with this. I mean, I think it's very important. And, you know, like I said before, there's no good, there's no bad, there's no good guy, no bad guy. It's, it's That's a, right. An opportunity. That's right. It's an opportunity to sit down and try to do things. Maybe we have to do things a little different in order to solve the problem. Yeah. I mean, just think. I mean, imagine when they had the first, you know, the first airplanes, for example. They had to do something different in order to fly. Well, it's the same thing here. We have to do sometimes something a little different to get people into good homes. That's right. Well thank you so much for having me on your show oh it's been a pleasure and thank you for singing the song that song was really really wonderful well folks, that's it for our show. A special thank you to Copper Woman for sharing her music and the challenge that she's going through around her own tiny home. I really encourage folks, if you can, to show up on uh, December 12th at 1 o'clock at the Arlene Francis Center, I mean, to support the effort and not only to support the effort, but get yourself educated. You know, you hear all kinds of stuff and oftentimes it's really good to go to the source to get to the people who are actually struggling to try to make some change. And a reminder, tell your friends at women's spaces will be again, aired again at 11 p.m. this evening I'm so excited I get to listen to my own program but sometimes I go wow Elaine you are a little off the wall sometime uh, I'm also available for speaking engagements and if you have any announcements like you know your a birth or a birthday or anything just email me at Elaine at womenspaces.com and don't forget our women are the future our children are the future never lose sight of that
1: because the woman
0: The previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, November 29, 2021.